Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People podcast. I'm Amanda Anguish, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am here with one of my favorite people, my coworker, <laughs> and I'm also interviewing her today. And let me, I'll let you introduce yourself. All right. So my name is Sharonette Gamboa. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner here at Beautiful Minds. And yes, I've been working with this great person here, Amanda, <laughs> um, ever since I think 2019. So mm -hmm. it's been great. Yeah. yeah. So Sharonette is here because we're going to talk about ADHD today. So a lot of people, I'm sure every single person listening and watching with us today has heard about ADHD, but we want to give people a little more insight into it. Sometimes it's nice to know about something a little bit more that we've heard about a lot, but maybe we don't fully understand it. I know there are a lot of things in my life I hear about them, but I'm like, oh, it'd be really nice if somebody actually explained this to me so that I'm not a little lost. And I've, I've been working with teenagers since, oh man, I think 2008. And um, even before that, too, but specifically with group home kids. And I remember it's probably the most diagnosed um, disorder that is given to young people. And I think just about every single one of the kids that I worked with in the group home was diagnosed with ADHD. And so I thought it'd be nice to have Sharonette come along and share some of the things that we might want to understand about it because I know a lot of parents might be wondering, like, should I take my child to the psychiatrist or the doctor to get diagnosed? Maybe my husband or my wife is acting a certain way and maybe they have ADHD, too. So let's start out with what are like a basic definition. Mm -hmm. Let's start out with that. A definition. Yeah. What is what is ADHD? So ADHD uh, stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Mm -hmm. And according to the diagnostic uh, DSM-5 criteria, you need six or more di um, symptoms of hyperactivity and inattentiveness. So inattentiveness could include being disorganized, unable to um, stay focused, you know, easily distracted. They lose things a lot. Mm -hmm. um, they're not able to complete their tasks either at home or at work. Um, and then for hyperactivity, they're restless, fidgety, um, there's also impulsivity along with that. Some people procrastinate. Some people say I'm really good at multitasking, mm -hmm. excessive <laughs> multitasking. So those things are even um, problems with time management, being chronically late. So these are the criteria for those things. Um, and so it's really important to understand that um, a diagnosis of ADHD um, usually stems uh, before the age of 12 years old. Okay. Um, and so I know I'm seeing a lot more uh, adults with um, problems of this. And they said, well, you know, I was never properly diagnosed as a child. So we have that as a, you know, 
a way of realizing, okay, you weren't diagnosed properly. Let's look at the overall Mm -hmm. symptoms that you're suffering right now. Okay. So I want to take a step back because you put a lot of stuff and I want to unpack it just a little bit. Yeah. So we used to call it ADD, right? but now we call it ADHD. They kind of just put it all together in one package Mm -hmm. then. Okay. They kind of, they had Now, I think they wanted to separate, you know, and so you can have a diagnosis of ADHD pre uh, predominantly inattentive Mm -hmm. or predominantly hyperactive or combined type. Yeah. Um, So because I remember when it was ADD or ADHD and now it's all ADHD, but predominantly inattentive and you named some of the symptoms of that or Mm -hmm. the symptoms of that and then predominantly hyperactive. hyperactive. Mm -hmm. So you can have either one of those or both combined, Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you did give us some of those symptoms or most of those symptoms and stuff like that. So, okay, that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I'm sure want to know, well, you said it starts, usually they get a diagnosis before age Mm -hmm. 12. What are some of the things though that might contribute to that? Because I know- Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of parents are like, well, why did my kid get diagnosed with this? Or why is my kid this way and have these symptoms? So what can you tell us about that? I think um, what we see the most that mimics it is trauma, Mm -hmm. right? uh, Children or adults who've had childhood trauma can present or maybe their home environment um, is either violent or disorganized. Um, these things affect the ability of the child to be able mm. to focus and to do the task because all they're trying to do is to survive. Yeah, I. That's actually so, one of the things I noticed with my kids in the group home. A lot of them were diagnosed as ADHD, but when we looked into their family history or their life history, mm-hmm. we noticed a lot of. I mean, the ones I worked with, at least were in gang neighborhoods, right. had all serious kinds of violence mm-hmm. that were going on in, in, in their homes and around their homes, mm-hmm. um, even like gang activity or yeah. criminal activity at school and that sort of thing. So right. one, I know one of the symptoms of PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, is this hypervigilance. Right. And so if you have hypervigilance, you're not going to be paying attention to your schoolwork or whatever right. task that's been given to you. And also, too, the, it's a heightened anxiety. So yeah. how can you focus mm-hmm. on anything when you're thinking about something bad might be happening? Yeah, exactly. And also think about it. You're in a traumatic situation. Sleep is probably a number one thing. Mm-hmm. When you're deprived of sleep, I think any one of us can present symptoms of inattentiveness and hyperactivity because yeah. our body is not getting that proper rest. And that goes to one of the symptoms of PTSD is right. also like nightmares, nightmares. Mm-hmm. and tra- and um, terrors, night terrors and things right. like that. So if you're not sleeping, obviously, then you're not going to be attentive or focused and that sort of thing, too. Yeah. And that's how I think sometimes we forget that part, you know, um, and so it's really important to look at the holistic um, gamut of where the patient mm-hmm. is coming from or the individual and see how their home environment is like, you know. And even also if, let's say, if the child 
um, observes the parent to be more anxious or more maybe an ambivalent. Mm -hmm. So they kind of, you know, that's nurturing, right? You're mimicking learned anxiety and learned hypervigilance and that sort of thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know you're very you're very good about getting a very thorough background on mm-hmm. anyone that comes in for any kind of diagnosis or right. any issues and stuff like that. So I think that is helpful for our listeners to know, like, make sure that whoever is seeing your child or you are seeing yourself, that they get a thorough history to mm-hmm. know. So we talked about trauma being something. What else could be a contributing factor to ADHD? Well, sometimes it also could be medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say if your thyroid, you know, is abnormal, right? Hyperthyroidism, that can affect your ability to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that on the medical part. Um, and also, number one, that I think it's slowly spiking um, the diagnosis of ADHD is electronic use. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't really see that back in the 80s and 90s, I mean. I was born in the 80s, so I'm giving out my age, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm realizing like, yeah, I mean, we played outdoors, you know, we Mm -hmm. did things and we were interactive and then bam, you get a flip phone and you're like, what is this all about? And then screen time is there. So Mm -hmm. that's, I think the main, I'm not saying, you know, media is bad or screen is bad. It's just the overuse of this can cause the overstimulation of the brain Mm -hmm. where the brain is saying, I can't handle too much, but I'm going to try to cope with it. Yeah. And I just I just read an article or saw something, too, the other day that was talking about how it's not just that we're we're getting all this information. Mm -hmm. I mean, it used to be where if you had a question about something, you'd have to go to the library, look it up. And now you can go online and not only are you going to get the answer to whatever your question is, but then you're going to have like 18 different branches off of that of directions that you can go with other information. Right. And even like with the news, we don't have to wait for the news to come on at night. We can go to any resource to That's find true. what's happening everywhere all at the same time. And so you're inundated with all of these. Maybe we could call them micro traumas, you mm. know, an inundation of micro traumas. And so that inundation, like if you don't have the coping skills to handle it, that could be a precursor to it, too. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about media what are we talking about? It's not just phones or television. What else? Right. I mean, it could be even our Kindle, even, you know, mm-hmm. like we use that for reading our books. Um, and so there's two different types, right? There's in um, interactive screen time and there's passive screen time. Mm-hmm. So passive screen time is just watching television television or movies that's you're not really interacting with that Mm -hmm. um and then you know the interactive part is probably you know video games or um just touching the screen a console Mm -hmm. those things um are clicking 500 times on the next youtube video yeah yeah that's right so that's interactive and like you know i said that's the overstimulation part of the brain Mm -hmm. and i think what we tend to forget too is that the screen um the blue light on the Mm -hmm. screen mimics that of the sunlight. And so let's say, you know, why can't I sleep at night? Well, what time are you turning off that screen? Because the penal gland of the brain is the one that releases melatonin. Mm -hmm. And if it sees that you're looking at that blue light, 
And it says, well, you know, I think Amanda still needs to do some work. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to release that melatonin to help her sleep. <laughs> That's why they say if you need to sleep, go camping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, I heard that. Go camping okay. for a week and you'll get your sleep cycle back on track because oh, you wow. don't have. Well, obviously, you can take your electronics That's with true. you camping, too. But um, especially if you go in an RV. But <laughs> if you go like simplistic camping that's supposed to reset your you know melatonin and all that sort of thing too Mm. so if we have all of these things that are affecting us are there any other things too that might be affecting adhd um i mean you know the typical depression anxiety you Mm -hmm. know when you have that that always has like difficulty concentrating part Mm -hmm. and restlessness so if understanding is there another like psychological disorder yeah. that can exhibit this mm-hmm. um, reactive attachment disorder in children mm-hmm. um, because of not having that secure attachment with their parents, mm-hmm. you know, can cause that as well. So, yeah. And reactive attachment disorder often has to do with like poor emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't regulate your emotions very well, then yeah, you're not going to be able to re- regulate self-control when it comes to schoolwork and right. staying on task with that sort of thing. So that can also be an issue yep. and and stuff too. So what can we do about this? Because mm-hmm. most of the time when we hear ADHD, it's probably because we're watching TV and some commercial comes on that says, mm-hmm. take this medication. Right. So Obviously, there are medications for this kind of thing. Do you want to share a little bit about the medications mm-hmm. and stuff that are often diagnosed? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, commonly or prescribed, prescribed I say. is like Ritalin, right? Mm-hmm. Ritalin um, and Adderall. Um, you have Concerta, you know, different forms. So there's two categories. There's a stimulant mm-hmm. and then the non-stimulant like Stratera. Sometimes we give guanfacine, mm-hmm. um, which is really an antihypertensive, but it's in the category of non-stimulant. Um, so, but really the main thing, when the patient's children come to me, I would have to really address like, so what's your overall goal? Like, mm-hmm. what would you like? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of the parents are kind of hesitant in starting their children on medication, rightfully mm-hmm. so because of the adverse effects. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say something too, be- mm-hmm. you should probably share a little bit about, I know some people are starting to become aware of, because I used to work in substance recovery right. and I worked with meth addicts right. and we're, I think more people know nowadays that those medications are what? Meth. A, a for yeah, an a form amphetamine. Yeah. So it's not the exact same as right. meth, but it's very methamphetamine versus mm-hmm. amphetamine. There are very similar characteristics to those two. I think the only difference on the street meth is mm-hmm. that they add other, uh, you know, ingredients there. Okay. Right. This is more of probably a cleaner, mm-hmm. right? If you want to look at it that way. Okay. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, I mean. The most important thing to understand is like, what would you like out of this? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I see like I see adults and they I put them on like an Adderall because they're having difficulty focusing. Right. Mm-hmm. But I say to them, you know, you also want to take advantage of this drug in a sense that you need to develop structure. Mm-hmm. You need to develop routine regularity because our brain does not like disorganization. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't function. That's why hence we have ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's what I encourage them to do is because when you do, over time, this drug is not really good for our body, mm-hmm. right? We know the adverse effects of these things. And so 
um, I think realizing what is the mindset, what would you like out of it? And mm -hmm. is your intention and goal is also eventually long term to get off of it, but mm -hmm. already developing these habits. That's one of the things I like about working within our practice is the goal is always to give people something else versus just medication so mm -hmm. that they don't have to rely on that the rest of their lives. Um, obviously, we do use medications and stuff here, but we, we're we always trying to give people something else mm -hmm. that is more sustainable right. versus just the medication and stuff. So maybe we should talk about some of the side effects of the medications, because mm -hmm. from what I know, I mean, I don't prescribe, but I know that some of these medications, the side effects are actually the same as the mm -hmm. symptoms that they're coming for. So right. do you want to share some of that? Yeah. So for, you know, the stimulant drugs like Adderall, Ritalin, um, common side effects are insomnia. Mm -hmm. um, it's an appetite suppressant, so people sometimes like that if they want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But um, it can also cause some um, anxiety. Um, it can also cause, um, let's see, aggression. Yeah, I was irritability, say, yeah. anger, which you're like, oh no, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those are the really top, probably ten mm -hmm. or five symptoms. That's yeah. what I tell them, and also somnolence. Like people are just sometimes. Oh, actually, that's Stratera. Mm -hmm. Somnolence, right? You're so tired uh, with the medication as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I re I remember working with with a kid once who was taking the medication because he was seen as more hyperactive in the classroom. And after he had been taking it for some time, he was, you know, there was a lot of regression towards mm -hmm. his siblings and and that sort of thing. And um, we actually talked about, you know, seeing what he would be like without the medication. Mm -hmm. So they got permission from the doctor to try it and his behavior changed and he was no longer aggressive anymore. And, mm. and they decided that, you know, it was better for him to be a little more hyperactive right. than to be aggressive towards his siblings and yeah. stuff like that. So I, I like that you ask, what is the goal? Because right. that helps the parents or the person who's wanting help to know, oh, okay, this is what I want. Well, this is what I'm likely to get out of this, mm -hmm. you know, prescription or practice versus, oh, that's not what I want. I don't want that. So maybe another course is more beneficial. Yeah, because remember, you have to also consider the half-life of the drug. Mm -hmm. It wears off. Let's say if you do a riddle in immediate release, it wears off probably within, what, two, three hours. And then the rage is there because like the body's like, it's shocked that mm -hmm. it's losing that ingredient, you know? Yeah. And I think what also sometimes we look at ADHD just more on a negative note, but really with ADHD, you hyper-focus. So you can focus <laughs> on a task, right? Mm -hmm. And complete it. Mm -hmm. And then also the creativity part, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're hyper, but they're also in a sense creative. So mm -hmm. um, instead of looking at it all as a negative, there's positive things. And I'll tell you, there's no energy like somebody who has ADHD, <laughs> the hyperactive type. Yeah. They can get stuff done where I'm like, I'm tired. I'm yeah. not, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't getter. have any more energy. And they're like, I'm just getting started. Let me go at it and stuff. And yeah. sometimes they work better in more active roles too, that they can actually get out, which speaks to mm. what are some of the things that we can do besides medication to help people? So, I mean, we have the Choose Life acronym, mm -hmm. and that's what we usually, I 
share with my patients that, you know, it begins with that exercise every day, mm -hmm. right? Having that at least 15 to 30 minutes starting off if you're not used to it and then building that up. Um, regularity of sleep, mm -hmm. man, that's number one yeah. um, I, in our truest life mm -hmm. is sleep. Super important to get at least for adults seven to nine hours and then children more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to have a healthy breakfast, mm -hmm. um, have your ground flax seeds mm -hmm. <laughs> because they're high in omega threes and six that helps us stay focused mm -hmm. and concentrate. Yeah. Um, what else? So decreasing that screen time. Mm -hmm. I know when I say this to my adolescent patients and with their parents there the parents are like nice and happy looking at me but the children are like oh she's evil you know <laughs> I was like so I've I had that look before I know what that's like but and I, I even have to preface it I know you're probably not gonna like to hear this yeah. but this is going to help you and then mm -hmm. the parent goes I have to enforce this though and yeah. then the kid's like I don't want to come here I don't like her yeah no seriously they don't want to come mm -hmm. but I but I do tell the you know the children uh, adolescents teenagers I said you know well what do you think will be realistic for you like mm -hmm. you know I don't want you to not comply but what do you think will be realistic do you think maybe two hours less you know mm -hmm. that kind of bargaining situation um, sometimes they like that but sometimes they just like no yeah. I don't like any of those, you know, mm -hmm. but what I like about this book um, that you actually recommended to mm -hmm. me is Reset Your Child's Brain by Dr. Victoria Dunkley. Mm -hmm. And what I like is that um, she before she prescribes anything to her children, patients is she would actually ask the parent, are you willing to put the child on a four week plan on an electronic fast? Mm hmm. And the parents, like you made that face, you're like, are you serious right now? And uh -huh. like, But, you know, it really, you know, has been proven in her practice that to decrease meltdown, improve their grades, mm -hmm. their attitude, their interaction. So when what I tell my parents is that when you remove something, you got to replace it with something better. Mm -hmm. um, you can't let them be bored in any way. You know, that outdoor activity, that interaction, connection, relationship mm -hmm. is very important because we don't want to use these electronics for a babysitter. Yeah. And oftentimes, too, parents are ha struggle with giving it up themselves. But if they put it down, sometimes it's easier for the kids to go, oh, OK, well, mom and dad are putting it down. So mm -hmm. maybe I can be without it, too. But that's not for the first several days, at least you're going to get pushed back. Oh, yeah. But I always like to tell parents, you know, it may start out difficult, but kids are actually quite resilient if mm -hmm. you stick with the plan and they will start to jump on board or at least not be so, re you know, resentful after a few days or, or so with that. I actually just read a, a study recently, too, that said one of the best things for kids with ADHD is actually playing outside in nature. Mm -hmm. And so they get they get a, a healthy stimulation right. without all of that, you know, light stimulation. And I think, too, you know, I this is for the, your, you teachers out there. I don't know how many of you have a multi-million dollar budget to deal with in terms <laughs> of like teaching your classroom. Right. And so unfortunately, a lot of kids, you know, spend a lot of time on these very well-paid forms of entertainment. And so when they get to school, how are they supposed to pay attention when the teachers got like a very minimal budget mm -hmm. to engage the children and they're used to these very high impact, you know, bang, bang, you know, mm -hmm. interactive sort of, you know, entertainment. How's a teacher supposed to compete with that? So mm -hmm. you're actually giving your child the best 
benefit by making it more neutral to what teaching is going to look like in the classroom too. Yeah. And I think that's what I usually tell my uh, parents is that, you know, if you want me to even talk to the teachers so mm -hmm. that we're all on the same page and this is where team effort comes in, you know, the saying, it takes a community to raise a child. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And so it's really important to, for us to realize that, you know, the teachers there, as parents, as providers, we're all wanting the success of the child because eventually mm -hmm. that child will be part of the society in the future. And think about a society where, I mean, it's functioned on electronics. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't know what that looks like, honestly, because mm -hmm. I'm in that middle part. So it's really going to be hard if we're just so focused on it. I'm, and I'm seeing more so too of children even being prematurely diagnosed with ADHD and even autism mm -hmm. um, where it's actually there's a term called virtual autism where they mimic the same symptoms of autistic behaviors, but they're really not autistic mm -hmm. when you remove those electronics from their yeah. presence. And I think that goes back to, you know, what I heard about the news. If you're incessantly inundated with all these things happening in the world, how do you maintain that very youthful, innocent response to it? If you're constantly being inundated with bad things, You there's a certain desensitization that happens right. in order to function in a world with all that stuff mm -hmm. jumping out at you. And so that's you know, the autism, maybe we'll have to talk about that sometime they too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so I think, I think these, all these things are really helpful. Anything else that mm -hmm. we can keep in mind in terms of helping children and maybe even adults too, that have been diagnosed with ADHD? Yeah. So, you know, with adults, um, I actually highly recommend them to read books. Mm -hmm. Um, there's one on thriving with adult ADHD. Um, and then there's overcoming distractions, um, and so like being able to understand what tools you can develop mm -hmm. and realizing that, you know, if I can do things on the lifestyle realm, right, because it's a it's a patient and provider relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not just going to continue giving to you and you're not willing to take um, or not willing to provide as well. So I think I really encourage and empower my patients that. You can do this. You can develop this structure. You can develop this routine. It will take time. It is hard because we're not countercultural, <laughs> right? It's countercultural. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. And um, you know, even having an accountability partner, mm -hmm. and you know, providing. Uh, I know there's apps that actually can help you decrease your electronic use or something of that nature mm -hmm. to hold you accountable. But I think that's really these things are really important to have, mm -hmm. um, you know, in everyday life. So. So we've talked about taking away certain things. Anything else you'd suggest adding in terms of, because I, I don't want us to sound like we're so anti-media. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, although <laughs> we are in a, a I just want to be honest. There is some <laughs> difficult stuff that happens with too much media. But what are some some positive things or things that we can add to Mm -hmm. a child's life or an adult's life that might have ADD that would also ADHD that would also be beneficial to focus on. I think really providing that freedom of creativity for them, mm -hmm. that space of being able to explore 
things, right? And do things that probably they used to like to do, but maybe stop doing knitting, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> Painting, anything that really provides that hyperactivity and creativity part mm -hmm. um, where they can release that energy, that part of them and realize that it's okay, you know, mm -hmm. to, and that's what I tell my patients who are on these drugs. I want you to take some a holiday yeah. off where you're not on it. And so mm -hmm. that you can, because one patient was telling me sometimes it's hard for me to connect, you know, with my wife or husband. And so I'm just like, okay, well, take that holiday off so that you you're yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. one individual is like, yeah, I feel like I'm not myself. So I, and even though he works five days a week, I only give it for four days because he wants to be himself on the weekends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so you can yeah. actually do medication, you know, a certain number of days and mm -hmm. then go off of it and then go back on and stuff right. like that. When okay. you are just really needing to focus at that moment and complete mm -hmm. the task. Yeah. Um, so I, I some other things I'm thinking of, yeah. too, is like a schedule, you yeah. know, having having a schedule. I know when I worked with the kids, like they were much better. They didn't always like the schedule at first, but once they got used to the schedule, then mm -hmm. it became very much something that they would refer to. And, hey, how come you weren't here at this time? And I'd be mm -hmm. reminded of those things. And I'm like, yeah, the schedule is really important when yeah. they're relying on that. But it's great for kids with ADHD. Sometimes um, even having, you know, little reminders or something. Mm -hmm. I know some of my kids, especially the younger ones, I'll even have like give them a little card that they can put on their desk with three things to remember. I want to stay focused today. I want to like be nice to others and mm -hmm. and I'm going to be honest, you know, when mm -hmm. it especially when they have some impul impulsive behaviors and stuff too. But even I think one of the best things that parents can do is even just spending time with their child because sometimes you know, what looks like ADHD could be some kind of anxiety or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are changes that are happening in their lives. And yeah. and maybe, you know, when we're busy, it's hard to know those things are happening. So having that set apart time to mm -hmm. get to know your child and understand what they might be going through, listen to their hopes and their dreams when they're right. little and that sort of thing. Listen to what might be happening at school. There's things that we don't think are fearful, but for a little kid, the, those are those can be very scary for them. And just talking them through that, I think that's one thing that that we're missing more and more of is is that connection to teach exactly. them it's okay to connect to. And I think that might be also another thing that social anxiety can be a sign or can look like ADHD as well because I don't know how to interact with people. Exactly. And, and that sort of thing too. But I so appreciate you yeah. um, joining me today. And just to recap the things that we covered today, we talked about the diagnosis of ADHD and what are the symptoms of mm -hmm. both in inattentive and hyperactive right. or combined. Mm -hmm. We talked about some of the things that might contribute to ADHD. We talked about medication and side effects even of the medications and everything. And then we also talked about things that we can do to help our children and ourselves when we think we might have this diagnosis or or have some of the symptoms of it and right. stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to thank you for joining me and thank you for, for sitting here with yeah. me. And I hope everybody appreciated learning a little bit more about ADHD. Yes. <laughs> and if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Amanda Anguish. I'm Sharon Gamboa. And you've been listening to... The, the Brain, Brain People, People Podcast. Podcast.
Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.